to change course. From Comerica Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Time to play the game. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. app. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Howell. Let's jump in on a Thursday. Welcome in, everybody. What do you think the Big Ten's going to do? That's the big story in our little corner of the sports universe right now. Number one story in college sports, really. Maybe beyond. But, yeah, nothing official from the Big Ten yet. And it's looking like nothing will come down today. We know as we left it yesterday... Michigan, toward the end of us wrapping up the show yesterday, Michigan had officially submitted its response to the Big Ten, which then triggered the Big Ten's, I guess, calculus into what to officially do here. So we're waiting for that. I'll bring it to you if it happens by 6 o'clock tonight. But I don't think that's likely. Pete Thamel from ESPN, who's been all over the story since the beginning, said earlier today, according to a source, the Big Ten is reviewing the lengthy written responses from both Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. There's no indication of any timetable on a decision on potential Big Ten discipline in the case of Michigan's alleged illegal sign stealing. I think that translates to, you're not going to get anything today for sure. At this point, I don't know how this would work. I'm not a lawyer, but I do know that all government offices are closed tomorrow in observance of Veterans Day, which falls on you know, Saturday. 
I don't think that would be right for the Big Ten to drop the discipline tomorrow. It would look incredibly it would look incredibly petulant and punitive for the Big Ten to do that on a Friday when Michigan wouldn't be able to respond in court, which we all know they would do, seeking an immediate temporary restraining order to, to kind of stay the punishment before it's adjudicated. That wouldn't be fair. I don't think that would be right. So, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm saying I don't think that's going to happen. It just, I don't think it would be right to, to ring them up if it means setting the coach down for any amount of time on Friday, the day before a game. I, I just don't like that. I don't think that should happen to anyone. I, th- I think this could have been handled a lot better. We talked about that yesterday. I'm not a huge fan of the way Tony Petiti has handled this. His inexperience, I think, is on full display. But anyway, I would expect something now next week. That's just my hunch. I don't have any insiders telling me that. That's just my read of the situation. I hope they don't do something tomorrow. That wouldn't be very fair, I don't think. Unless it's possible for there to be some sort of emergency hearing even on a day when all the government offices are closed. Then I guess it would be okay, but I'm still not crazy about the idea of such a big disciplinary decision. If it does result in the coach being sat down happening the day before a game, that's just not right. I, I don't think that should happen to anybody. At least not in a case like this. If there was something heinous done on the day before the game, sure, fine, I get it. Drunk driving or something like that, some arrest, okay, fine. That makes sense. But that's not what we're talking about here. Anyway, I'll bring it to you if there is any breaking news on that front by the time we get out today. I just don't expect it. And that's kind of the, the next point. Should we expect anything at all at this point? Pretty clear to me, Tony Petiti, brand new Big Ten commissioner, has painted himself into a corner here. No matter what he does, someone of significance is going to be extremely pissed off at him and probably after his job. So it looks like there's a handful of distinct possibilities, and I'm sure there are some that I can't even conceive of. I mean, so much stuff has happened in college sports recently that I didn't think was possible. So I'm not going to pretend to you know, be able to control for every single potential outcome here. But let's go through the ones we can identify. And I'll just tell you my read on it. I think the longer the Big Ten waffles on this, I, I think the better that is for the Michigan side. Has the Big Ten lost its nerve? Yeah, could be. That's how most people are reading it. I could certainly see that. So one distinct possibility is, yeah, Petiti voices out, and they do nothing. Distinctly possible? Likely? I don't know. I got to believe Tony Petiti would like to keep his job. He's only been in it for a few months, and it pays quite well. If he voices out and doesn't do anything, the other 13 schools will make sure he loses his job, and soon. So there's that. Another outcome, the Big Ten levies an indefinite suspension of Jim Harbaugh. And we know what would happen then. Michigan would immediately seek an emergency temporary restraining order that would set off a huge series of legal battles. 
And honestly, I don't know what to expect out of that. Who would be in a better position to win in court on that? And what would the time frame be? I don't know. But I also know, what I do know, I should say, is that once you have a case in court, especially a high-profile one, if there's high-powered attorneys and a lot of money behind the parties, that you can delay stuff for a long time. So I suspect if we get to that stage, Michigan would probably feel pretty good about at least delaying this past the Ohio State game, which is just two weeks from tomorrow. Excuse me, two weeks from Saturday. Another option, and this one is on my mind because of a a tweet from Adam Rittenberg, VSPN.com, been on this show before, uh, a couple hours ago. I'll read you what he said. Although the Big Ten has considered a suspension for Jim Harbaugh, it is considering a range of possibilities, including a significant fine, sources told ESPN. Public reprimands and fines are common penalties under the Big Ten's sportsmanship policy. So that would be an option here. The Big Ten doesn't do nothing, but does next to nothing by issuing a $10,000 fine to Jim Harbaugh, which no big deal. That's even less than a slap on the wrist. I don't know what to expect now, but that's those are the distinct possibilities. I see, I just, common sense, right? Occam's razor. What's the simplest solution? That's probably going to be the most likely one. Well, I just feel like where Tony Petiti has put this thing, he can't afford to back down now. Michigan's upset at him. Michigan is already upset at him. Michigan's going to be upset with him no matter what. You know, there's no putting that bullet back in the chamber. But he does have an opportunity here to satiate the 13 other schools. And that's necessary to him keeping his job. I have to believe something is going to happen. So I know the longer this is delayed, the longer there's no official response from the Big Ten, official action from the Big Ten. Look, I don't blame Michigan fans who are reading that as good news for them. I think it is. That's how I read it, too. But I think there's simply too much pressure on Tony Petiti from the 13 of the 14. And I got to believe he's going to do something. But let's be real. There definitely is a sense about this that the Big Ten has has lost at least some of its nerve. And to me, that means... The way I read it, just me, could be wrong. And if, if I am wrong, don't worry. He'll come on and totally own it. What I'm expecting to happen next week now would be my guess is the Big Ten comes down with a two-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh, and that's it. Why? Because it's the best of both worlds. For one, Tony Petiti can then go to the 13 other Big Ten schools and say, see, I did something. Can't be mad at me. I did something. And the 13 schools can't respond, yeah, but it really wasn't a punishment. You didn't really do anything because now a two-game suspension next week costs Michigan the Ohio State game. Excuse me, costs Jim Harbaugh being on the sidelines for the Ohio State game. I think Tony Petiti would have a better shot of arguing the significance of that kind of a penalty. 
also on the Michigan side, you know, that's better than an indefinite suspension. And regardless, Michigan's going to fight it. And maybe they have the legal means and the winning argument to delay it long enough that it won't matter anyway, perhaps. I don't know. But that seems like the best of both worlds. I don't know that that's going to happen. That's just my read of it. And keep in mind, I'm not a lawyer, not even close, and I've never pretended to be. But that's kind of where I see things. I can turn it over to you. What's your read of the situation? As we sit here at almost 4.30 on Thursday, a day that many speculated the Big Ten would do something and certainly at this point would have already done something. What do you think the Big Ten does, if anything, and what do you think the timetable is? You can answer that two different ways. You can say what you think will happen, and then you can contrast that, if it's different, with what you think should happen. 517-300-4263 is the phone line. You can email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. Use Facebook. Send us a message or comment. Search Facebook for the game 730 AM to do that. Or use the free game 730 AM app. Just click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text message to us. It's available for you all day. I think the longer this drags out, it's increasingly likely that Tony Petiti is a very, very short-lived Big Ten commissioner. Uh, Not a fan of how he's handled this. And that's another argument against the Big Ten choosing inaction. At this point, and I know it's sunk cost fallacy, but not everyone recognizes what that is or cares about that. And I think appearances matter a lot in this case because at this point, the Big Ten has made such a big deal out of this. Tony Petiti has turned this into such a thing. It's about a month old now, right? After proliferating this for a month, the Big Ten can't then come out and be like, yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to do anything. Can they? I just don't see how that's possible. After the stink Tony Petiti has raised and what's been reported some of the things he reportedly told Michigan in that meeting last week, like this is the worst Big Ten cheating scandal sans game fixing ever, which I just don't understand how that's possible. Unless there's a bunch of stuff we don't know, I just do not see how that is at all possible. Again, I think it's important to note that none of us are in the room. None of us are directly privy to everything going on. But based on what we know, how the hell is this even close to the worst Big Ten scandal, uh, scandal sans game fixing? I just don't see it. <laughs> There's no way. It makes me think I'm missing something. You know, I, I just don't see how that is possible. But I could be wrong. There could be more out there we don't know. Some more things we do know, though, include or were included in that letter 
Michigan sent to the Big Ten yesterday, which has now been released in its entirety. It's a 10-page letter. There's a lot to parse over there. But one of the first things I wanted to go over from that is this. According to Michigan's letter, and again, this is from their side, so it could be incomplete. It could be intentionally vague. But just assuming what they're saying here is true. According to Michigan's letter, the Big Ten, in its notice earlier this week to Michigan that it was about to enact some discipline for this whole thing, the Big Ten offered four pieces of evidence. In no particular order, they were records showing Connor Stallions had purchased tickets and made ticket transfers at other Big Ten's, other Big Ten teams' stadiums during games Michigan was not involved in. Another of the four pieces of evidence was an unsolicited tip from an unidentified person claiming to have witnessed a person in Stallions' seat filming the sideline at one of those games. Another piece of the evidence was a link to a news article that includes a now-deleted video of Stallions on the sidelines of a Michigan game. And another short video, according to Michigan, that, quote, does not clearly show anything at all. So, again, Take that for what it's worth. That's coming from Michigan's side. But if that's really anything close to all the evidence the Big Ten has, that's a problem. That's a problem. There has to be more than that. There's more than that that we've seen on Twitter just talking about this the last month or so. How is that all they have? That's inexcusable. Not that they need some preponderance of evidence. Again, this is not a court of law. This is all subject to Michigan's, excuse me, to the Big Ten's rules and regulations. And by the way, as I understand it, talking to some lawyers, that's going to be problematic to Michigan's case because they are voluntary members of the Big Ten. And as such, they have voluntarily agreed to the Big Ten's rules. I wouldn't know anything about that. In a legal sense, but a couple of legal people I talked to said that that is going to be a major sticking point if slash when this thing gets to court. That may all well be true. I trust him on that. But the thing is, if that's really all the Big Ten is using to sort of back up its threats of discipline to Michigan, that's a problem. That's disappointing. Again, though, not that they owe them that because this is not like a court of law. There's not a prosecution or we don't need exhibits or anything like that. And also, as far as I can tell, the way this all works, you know, I've I've talked a lot this week about how Michigan is wasting air every time they demand due process because this is not a court of law. Their constitutional rights do not apply in a Big Ten disciplinary setting. You don't get due process. It's not guaranteed under these rules. Right? We've talked about that. Something else that keeps coming up erroneously, you'll hear Michigan fans erroneously invoke, is this idea of innocent until proven guilty. Well, yeah, sure. That's that's how our American judicial system or legal system works, or is supposed to work at least. There's no guiding principle for that in the Big Ten or NCAA. 
So you, you can stop invoking all this stuff you've been hearing on court TV or whatever it's called nowadays. None of that matters. So again, I, I don't think the Big Ten particularly owes Michigan anything in terms of validating its course of action. But I do wonder, has Tony Petiti tipped his hand and or overplayed that hand? I don't know. It's just, this seems like a particularly tepid response so far from the Big Ten. Again, though, you know, Michigan lawyered up and is fighting tooth and nail, which if you're a Michigan fan, I'm sure you appreciate. Maybe the Big Ten is doing the same, taking all the time it can to cross all of its legal T's and dot all of its legal I's. I would assume they want to make sure that whatever they do is ironclad to ensure them the best possible outcome as well. But I'm just, the longer it goes, man, the more it's like, wow, what are we doing here? I don't know. It's just, I'm finding it increasingly hard to believe there's going to be anything of significance handed down by the Big Ten here. I just, and to me, that would be anything over a two-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. I just, I'm finding that really hard to believe. Now, there are lots of people out there on social media and the message board spaces, people who claim to be insiders and people who claim to have inside access and all this saying uh, they have an idea of what's coming and all that. Okay, well, I'm not going to get into that because for one, it all clashes. None of it is consistent. And second of all, (laughs) how do we know, you know? I don't think it's it would be particularly productive to just speculate right now like that based on supposed insiders. I'm more than happy to take your thoughts, though, on what you think will and should happen. That's different. We can have that conversation. I'm just not going to get into, oh, well, this U of M insider said the Big Ten is backing down or this college football insider says the, the Big Ten is gearing up and this will be a multifaceted punishment and the The first part of this is merely that, just the first part. There's so much more coming. Those are both things I've heard in the last 12 hours. I just, I don't want to get into that because I don't know. I do want to get into this, though. A message in the free game, 730 a.m. app from DJ in Eaton Rapids. He says, I think nothing happens this week. Maybe they suspend Harbaugh for two weeks next week, but then I think they have to penalize the other three teams that colluded against Michigan. That probably violated the sportsmanship rule, too. I think a $10,000 fine is okay. I don't know. I don't know about that as it pertains to the other three teams because I don't know that there's... I mean, is there proof of that? I know Michigan is circulating this spreadsheet and the accusations from this former Big Ten assistant. I don't know if, to me, that doesn't constitute. Then again, we don't really need proof, do we? Like, it's up to the Big Ten, just like we say on the Michigan side of this. So I don't know. I personally doubt the Big Ten is getting into that part of it. I think they're focusing on the Michigan part. Will something come of that? Maybe. I don't know. I did see, by the way, Ryan Day, was it today or yesterday, denied that. Denied that Ohio State collaborated 
colluded, whatever you want to call it, with other Big Ten teams to share stolen signs from Michigan. Take that for whatever it's worth, too. I don't know. This thing has just dragged on so damn long, though. And so as this first segment, let me take a break because when I come back, I want to dig in a little bit on that letter, the official response Michigan sent, because there's a lot to parse through there. Other stuff coming up today, Chris Solari at 505. I'm going to pick his brain on this and also Michigan State basketball back at it tonight, looking to rebound literally and figuratively following the home loss, humiliating home loss. To James Madison, they'll get a crack at Southern Indiana tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about football heading into the horseshoe at night. Yikes. Talk coaching search with him as well. I want to get to my weekly college football beanstalk, which is essentially my power rankings. Those are updated based on last week's results. We'll get into that. And I want to get into the news the Tigers made today, hiring their new TV broadcaster, completely shocking me, and in a very, very good way. And this was the Tigers making this move, not Bally. And that's also surprising to me in a very good way. And I'm wondering, can we read into that? Because the Tigers went out and made a serious move in the broadcast booth. They went out and got one of the very best guys. They made a serious big boy move that you as a Tiger consumer are going to enjoy very much. I wonder if there's anything we can extrapolate from that as it pertains to what they'll do this offseason to their roster. All that and more coming the rest of the way here today on Offensive Minded with me, Beanie. The game, 730 a.m. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. He scores from the right side goal. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. and Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lights. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7:30 a.m. Are you suffering with the burning, tingling, sharp, electric-type pains associated with neuropathy or nerve degeneration? Have you tried everything and got no relief? Reverse your neuropathy naturally. No more surgeries, opioids, or dead ends. Dr. May at Momentum Health Neuropathy Center has dedicated her career to helping those with neuropathy. Dr. May is a neuropathy survivor herself. Her condition was filled with pain and loss of quality of life. She found her own path and now shares that with others today. Her program has a success rate of more than 95% and has helped 
hundreds of people just like you improve inflammation and microcirculation with home therapy and personalized coaching. Find relief with Momentum Health Neuropathy Center. You won't find this treatment anywhere else in Michigan. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. You owe it to yourself to make this potentially life-changing call today. Call 517-557-7246. That's 517-557-7246. Go to drmayinmason.com. That's D-R-M-A-Y, Dr. May, inmason.com. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. This week at Target, you'll find different early Black Friday deals. Get fun deals on the latest tech, toys, and video games. Plus smart deals on small appliances, floor care, and so much more. At Target, you'll discover different early Black Friday deals each week. And get what you need for the holidays fast with free drive-up or score free shipping when you spend $35 or use your red card at Target.com. Get low prices and early Black Friday deals only at Target. Exclusions apply. A healthy weight, more energy, and smooth, regular bowel movements. Three things everyone strives for. It's me, Chuck Norris. There's one really important thing we don't talk about enough. Our health. Achy joints, digestive issues, weight gain, and fatigue. We're told these are normal signs of aging. So working with the team of health experts, we came up with Morning Kick. Morning Kick is a revolutionary formula combining 10 different supplements in one. Probiotics that help you lose weight. Prebiotics for digestion. Superfoods for muscles and joints. And several of the most powerful anti-aging supplements on earth it'll help you feel youthful energized focused and help manage stress anybody can achieve great health regardless of their age go to roundhouseprovisions.com use code support or text support to 511-511 and claim 40 percent off today every purchase comes with our 90-day money-back guarantee text support to 511-511 morning kick these statements have not been evaluated by the fda this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease tax fees may apply warning Listening to the game 7.30 a.m. may cause excessive cheering. We're the game 7.30 a.m. And we're back. You know what? I just, I was trying to be a bigger person over the break. Someone, uh, someone, uh, let me in on a little conversation was happening and well, I'm just not a very big person. I'm quite a bitter, angry person. So I'm just going to dig in. Look, um, it's no surprise to me. I'm not deaf. I know a lot of Michigan fans who listen to these airwaves are upset that I've been talking about this story. Which tickles me pink because one, you think you know how to do this job better than me. Well, that's rich. By all means, come and prove that. Second of all, do you realize you're complaining about me doing my job well? This is the number one story in sports for the last three or four weeks across the country. 
This has captivated attentions and, and held attention spans more consistently than any other singular story across sports over the last month. Month. Of course I'm going to talk about it. That's my job. And that's before we even account for the exponent on the equation here, which is that it's local. Yes, this is Michigan State country. This is an East Lansing sports radio station. Hell, our brand colors are green and white. But this is the biggest story in our corner of the universe, and it is about Michigan State's arch nemesis, and it directly impacts and affects Michigan State. Michigan State was directly involved in this. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Do you think a plumber's going to show up to someone's house where they called him about a leaky uh, a leaky, leaky, toilet drain and, and not address that? He's just going to go right to the faucet? No. These Michigan fans, man. Beanie's still talking about Harbaugh. Yep. Beanie's still doing his job well. Can you believe the nerve of this Beanie guy talking about the biggest story in sports that's also locally adjacent and relevant to his audience? (laughs) Yeah. Where do I get off? The nerve, right? Listen. You don't know how to do this job better than me because if you did, you would have it. Second of all, I don't show up to the carnival and tell you how to run this Ferris wheel. But I do appreciate this. The best part about it. (laughs) These Michigan fans. Oh, my God. I talked about it yesterday. How this fan base. And again, I want to be clear. Let Let me be real for a minute. Let me be real, real. This is Brandon talking, not Beanie. The entire Michigan fan base is not like this. The people I'm talking about do not represent the entire fan base. When I say the Michigan fan base, I'm I'm speaking in generalities the same way I do when I say the MSU fan base in a negative context. So when I complain about calls I get from state fans talking about Jason Candle and Tony Anise, and I say, this fan base thinks so lowly of itself. That's the same application I'm using when I talk about Michigan fans in a negative context. I just wanted to get that out there. Now, back to Beanie's regularly scheduled programming. The same way you Michigan fans were tattling on yourself yesterday when you were parroting around (laughs) that story. Oh, Illinois cracked our signals and stole our signs last year. That's why it was our closest game and Blake Corum got hurt. Basically validating every argument you've been out there saying is invalid for the last month. Because remember, one of your main talking points in this sign-stealing saga has been it does not provide a serious advantage and the health and safety of players are not imperiled by it. But then... When it turns out you think Illinois has yours, all of a sudden, well, that's why that game was closer. Illinois had an unfair advantage, and that's why Blake Corum got hurt. The same way you tattled on yourself there, you are when you bitch about what I'm talking about. Whether it's this story, you know, the number one story in sports the last month, or anything else. Do you guys understand when you complain to me, or you complain to someone 
above me at this uh, family of radio stations about what I'm talking about or when you complain to someone I work with with the express intent of them sharing it with me, I take that as a compliment. Because, man, you sure do... You sure do do a lot of bitching about what I do on my show for someone who can't stop listening to me. If you don't like it, turn the channel. There's plenty of other options out there. Plenty. But you keep coming back for more. I got to say, I think you like me. And I appreciate it. I'm flattered. I really am. By all means, keep hate listening to me. I ain't going to change. My formula will not change because it works. It works. So go ahead. Keep bitching about me. I can't believe what this guy is talking about. This guy that I tune into dogmatically and pathologically every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. What a jerk this guy is. This beanie guy and all this crap he says that I can't get enough of. Thank you. I appreciate you. Honest to God, from the bottom of my heart. I don't care why you listen. I just care that you listen. I've always been pretty transparent. My formula is not the same as Tim Stout's. I'm closer to Howard Stern. I'm a bees or flies with vinegar kind of guy. (laughs) Man. You Michigan fans, you can't get enough of vinegar. And I'm happy to keep dishing it out to you. You're welcome. Anyway, shout out Steve the DeWitt Dream Goff, who was in here. uh, You know, he comes in once every week. It was his birthday yesterday. He's off. He's going to see the Undertaker's One Dead Man show, I'm told, in the greater Indianapolis area. And I'm told he's listening right now as he drives through the worst state to drive through north to south in all of America. My God, I'm sorry, Steve. Driving north to south in Indiana is one of the most torturous things you can do to yourself. It's just the scenery doesn't change. Flat farmland, and every mile or so, there's a barn with a basketball hoop. The only difference now is about every quarter mile, <laughs> there's a billboard for weed that you can get in Michigan. <laughs> That's the only difference. Anyway, uh, have a good time, Steve. Safe travels. Appreciate you listening. Oh, and your daughter's listening, too. Appreciate that. Have a good time at the show tonight and drive carefully. Happy birthday. Okay. Um, I wanted to get into Michigan's letter that they sent back to the Big Ten yesterday. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Now, I'm told Michigan hired a very high-powered elite law firm to help them with this, and I believe that 100% because I know Michigan has the resources to do that. I would expect nothing less. And I don't, I don't know anything about that law firm. I don't know how to... I don't have a good idea in my head of the power rankings of law firms. That's, that's beyond me. That's above my pay grade. But my understanding is the one that they've been working with here specifically for this is excellent. And I heard that going in before this letter came out yesterday. I got to be honest, when I read this letter and it is now out in in its its entirety, (laughs) I don't think Michigan is getting much bang for their buck. 
Now, I'm sure it was incredibly methodical, and I know the people who wrote it are way uh, more adroit at legal positioning than me. But I read that, and my reaction was, what? You just spent however many tens of thousands of dollars in billable hours on that? I could have written that for you. But um, look, you can read it. I would encourage you to go out there and read it yourself. I have a summary for it up you in a much more digestible form at thegame730am.com. As I'm reading it, look, I'm a millennial, and I know many of you listening are not, but I know many of you listening are. There's a show that my generation was particularly fond of, still is, on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim programming called Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yes, it's as ridiculous as it sounds if you're uninitiated. I don't want to spend too much time on what the show is about, but it is kind of necessary to explain what I'm getting to. And trust me, this all ties in. Just bear with me. The show is about three anthropomorphic fast food items and the crazy crap that happens to them in their day-to-day life as roommates in South New Jersey. If you've never seen it, it's probably not for you. But anyway, funny show, had a cult following, but it's also mainstream. It's had two movies, and it was Adult Swim's longest-running series until it was canceled in 2015. They're bringing it back later this year. Anyway, there's all sorts of wild characters in this show. There's a couple of recurring ones called the Frat Aliens, and they're exactly what you would think based off of that, uh, you know, that title it's a pair of college-aged aliens who are obvious parodies of frat bro culture and the main one his name is dp always is wearing his greek sweater always looking for the next party and chasing hot babes but also like virtually every frat bro i met in college my days at michigan state this was a trust fund baby who was all too eager to remind you who his dad was. And that's all I could think of when I was reading Michigan's official response to the Big Ten. It read like a trust fund baby saying, you can't do this to me. Do you know who my dad is? My dad owns a dealership. <laughs> that's, that's one of those frat aliens. His dad owns a dealership. And he says that at least five times every episode, every appearance he's in. My dad owns a dealership. My dad owns a dealership. That's basically what Michigan just spent tens of thousands of dollars on in billable hours to to compose that letter to the Big Ten. That and some combination of like any number of Karen meltdown videos you see on Twitter. I need to speak to your manager. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Anyway, I, I don't want to read the letter to you. It's 10 pages long, but I could accurately... And digestibly summarize it thusly. Everybody does it, and you can't do this to us. Don't you know who I am? My dad owns a dealership. That's basically it. Now listen, if you think that's my slant coming through, by all means, read it yourself and you tell me. Again, I have... A little uh, you know, summary of it up at thegame730am.com and in the free Game 730am app. 
But I have links in there in that story to the full thing. So check it out for yourself. Now, listen, again, if, if you're someone who's still of the mind that Michigan didn't cross a line with the sign-stealing illegal scouting thing, or if you think that what they've done isn't a big deal, or if you're simply undecided, you're still on the fence, my advice is go read that letter and make sure you read all of it and make sure you actually read it. You don't just skim it. Make sure you carve out enough time to dedicate to reading it so that you will actually like internalize and comprehend what you read. You know, don't read it on your phone while you're driving, Steve Goff, talking to you. But no, um, you know, make a serious effort at reading it so that you can pay attention to it. You're not distracted, you know, not a lot of noise going on. I want you to read it and pay attention to what it says. But also, I want you to pay particular attention to what it doesn't say. Yes, pay attention to everything, everything included in the 10 pages and thousands of words in the letter. But more importantly, pay attention to what doesn't appear in that letter. A denial. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 730 a.m. East Lansing, a town square media station. We're the station you've turned to for sports for over 30 years. The game, 730 a.m. From Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 730 a.m. And we're back, and we're happy to have on the line now the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, Chris Solari. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, and that uh, always that song always energizes me, so I like a little wanton song. Well, I know you need a little pick-me-up as you get ready to watch Michigan State take on Southern Indiana here in a couple of hours. Uh, don't you think this is going to be boring and they're going to take it out on them, all their frustration from losing to James Madison? One would think so, but one would think they beat James Madison on Monday. So, yeah, but yeah this isn't, I mean, that's a di- there's a difference between low majors and mid majors. I mean, especially a team like James Madison that it, it really has pumped resources into their, their athletic program since I, I was down there in the late nineties, early two thousands in that region and covered a little tiny bit of James Madison football before they were, a one double a power fcs power and then moved up uh here in recent years and then you know the basketball team always has some decent kids from the the dc virginia area but they've really done a nice job of of uh supplementing that with with transfers and you saw a really hard-nosed program that's probably going to win that conference and and might give teams a game in the tournament um southern indiana is not that and you know that's i think that's something that they're a program that's made the move up from d2 so there's a there's there's a there's a massive chasm between mm-hmm. that and where msu is should be i should say hey speaking of james madison yeah obviously we were talking about their basketball team but their football team is in its uh, second year in FBS and is undefeated and petitioning for postseason eligibility. Why is it that the NCAA, as as part of the rule for when you transition from FCS to FBS, you're ineligible for the postseason for two years? That seems really punitive. And if anything, like, 
shouldn't they be rewarded for competing so well in their first couple of years? You would think so. I mean, it, you know, when I covered South Dakota State and they made the move up to Division One, um, they were under those same restrictions. And sometimes it has to do with the quality of opponent that you play, uh, whether it be football or basketball. Um, and James Madison had been Division One in basketball, so that's not a issue here like it was at South Dakota State when they moved up from D2. That's a whole different ball game. But I think what, what they want to do is make sure teams are sufficient financially and playing the the proper level of competition so a team like james madison because there really haven't been all a a lot more of the teams that have moved up in recent years have been d2 programs so i do think that you know it'll be interesting to see if the ncaa does grant a waiver with that because i mean let's face it last year they had trouble filling some of those bowl games and i do think that you know that that might work in their favor right now for james madison but it is kind of punitive but i think it's also regulatory so not every program tries to make that that jump up to the fbs level gotcha uh, well okay let's let's transition from that to the biggest story in college sports the last month so um as things stand the big 10 still has not officially announced any action against michigan michigan senate's formal response in a uh, furious 10-page letter last night or late last afternoon do you have any sense of when if any if, if at all the big 10 will take action chris i really don't um and, and i think you know it's obviously a, a, a not just a test case for the new commissioner tony Petiti, but also a test case for all of college sports because there's not really um with the allegations that are there that we know of and you know, quite honestly, the one thing that was missing in that 10-page letter was denial of guilt. And right. I think that's an important component here with this. Um, I don't necessarily know how the punitive phase will work with that, particularly when you also lump in the fact that head coaches are now supposed to know what's going on in mm-hmm. similar rank in, in those types of regards. So, I mean, you're talking about a watershed case for college sports that is going to have a ripple effect across the board um, to other conferences, to, to the NCAA. And again, we're just talking about a Big Ten component of this, a conference component. Um, that that alone should should tell you that there's a lot more there and out there uh, that's beyond the Big Ten's purview to punish. That the, if, if, the, if Michigan also if, is not admitting that that they are innocent. And basically saying that, yeah, whatever happened with with that Connor dude that we don't know anything about because he's a low level staffer, um, you know that they're they're taking they're basically admitting that in that letter, and that tells me that there's NCAA ramifications beyond this. And everything that we've heard, everything that the national sources uh, who are plugged in with whichever group is investigating them, I don't. You know, the, the the volume of evidence to me does not speak to a couple private investigators in New Hampshire digging on this kind of matter. Yeah. Um, this is this is a big time investigation where it's stemming from. We don't know. Is it the feds? Is it Vegas? I don't know. But they clearly have a volume of evidence right now that uh, that everybody kind of can read the tea leaves that there's some serious stuff that still hasn't even been come out yet 
For sure. And uh, you and I have both heard some things from people in the know that may or may not come to light. And I think it's just fair to summarize those that if they are true and do come to light, that, yeah, it is it is graver than anyone thought. Um, I wanted to know that letter. It read to me like, first of all, yes, perfect first point. It was most conspicuous to me that there was no denial. Like That's what stood out first and foremost. But the the gist of the letter was, you know, kind of what Michigan's entire uh, methodical calculated PR response uh, starting on Monday has been, which is to deflect and try to blur the lines between what they're alleged to have done with what they're alleging Ohio State, Purdue, and Rutgers did by sharing intel gathered on them. Although, again, also conspicuously missing is any allegation, let alone evidence, that that intel from Purdue, Ohio State, and Rutgers was obtained illegally. Uh, do, do you or see any, or any acknowledgement that both of those schools have denied it? That's true. So, do you see um, do you see that as an effective strategy? Because I think it is in the media. Like, there obviously the the noise interference campaign is working. Uh, but, you know, Michigan has allies in the media all over the place that, of course, would run with anything they said. But I, I think it's effective because we've got national people like Dan Wetzel. I don't know if you read his column yesterday that I thought was just completely factually inaccurate when he said that what Michigan is accused of and what Purdue slash Ohio State slash Rutgers are accused of are exactly the same. It's not. I mean, what, what Rutgers and Purdue that Michigan is accusing them of, that is essentially what every NCAA basketball coach does in March in preparing for out-of-conference opponents in the first couple rounds of the tournament. Mm -hmm. That you don't maybe have some film on, you coordinate with some coaches you've talked to, what worked, what didn't work, who their guys to watch. You know, I mean, you know, what kind of sets do they run? I mean, that's, that's, that's commonplace in all sports at every level. I, I I don't understand, and I, I get you're going to say, okay, well, we're not talking about the actual placards here that are being thrown up, but ultimately you're relying on somebody else. If if you think that that's it, right, um, you know, and you're not doing your own due diligence, I mean, they could share everything and produce people could have gone through and said, oh, that wasn't that wasn't exactly correct intel that we got. So I mean, and again, we haven't seen any proof of that. You're right. Um, you know, whereas people who have talked about all these other things have seen databases and have seen ticket receipts and all these other things that have been in evidence. Really, I mean, that's what it is. It's issued into the public evidence. Is people have have seen it outside of and independently verified it outside of just the scope of, well, we got this. Nobody, here's what, how does, here's another thing. I know that they said that another coach gave it to them, but how do we know that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that you don't know that either. So, I mean, there's, but this is, this is the problem with, I think college sports has this, and then sports in general, has this issue, but college football in particular is the grayest of gray areas that these men live in, in their professions. They create rules. They're the ones that enact the rules. There's the, the governing bodies that enact the rules. And yet everyone's trying to work around the rules and find the loopholes, find the gray areas. And 
this is how we get to this point. You know, I mean, if, if you want to, and, and again, this has gone on for decades in a lot of different ways. I'm not talking about sending people into stands to video record signs. I'm talking about the the schemes to try and figure it out, you know, sending you know, paying $50 to a student to go and just kind of hover around campus. I can remember my freshman year walking by the football building and Michigan State was having an outdoor practice and they had the fence up. It was during George Perlis's era. And I just kind of tried to peek in the fence and like no more than five seconds later, there was someone there running up to the little crack in the fence saying, you need to get out of here. Football coaches are the most suspect. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, paranoid, paranoid yeah. individuals that are out there. They're control freaks. Mm -hmm. So you've got that working with then a, a matter where a head coach is saying they have no idea of something was happening. It doesn't jive. Something doesn't jive in that respect. Yeah, I'm with you. What do you make of, you know, the Big Ten... I guess del the Big Ten's delayed response here. I mean, they never said that they would act on Thursday, but all of us, I guess, assumed that. But now we're hearing, like, um, some are reporting it could be as as late as next week. What do you make of that? And do you think the longer it's it protracts, that the greater the likelihood the Big Ten is losing its nerve? I don't think you can really read anything into it, quite honestly. I mean, it's such... Uh, and I don't even want to call it unique it is because it is unique, but it's such a crazy and sordid situation. I mean, the, the fact that the Big Ten brought uh, a lot of the intel, and we don't know how much they tipped their hand to Michigan. We don't know how much they presented or what they presented that's different that's out in the public scope. Um, but the fact that it is this impactful, the fact that there is a commissioner saying it could be one of the biggest cheating scandals in Big Ten history uh, tells you how and why they're proceeding cautiously. Um, because I think Tony Petiti and, and the university, the other 13 presidents, understand that they're setting precedent for the future here with, with a matter that nobody really knows. And not just what the allegations are, but the punitive aspect of it moving forward. Um, if something else comes up, you want to have an ironclad, airtight understanding of what the role of the commissioner is, what the role of the presidents are, how much and how far they can and will go within the structure of, of the Big Ten governance. So. I think there's a lot of dotting I's and crossing T's, and there are a lot of I's and T's that need to be dotted and crossed in the name Petiti. So um, <laughs> that's, I, I do think I, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, they've got to obviously have their legal team digest and and really process the letters that they got from Michigan and from Harbaugh's attorneys and move forward with what they feel is going to be that strong strategy that backs up whatever punishment they do decide to issue. Do you think the the pressure from the 13 of the 14 Big Ten schools, athletic directors, coaches, presidents slash chancellors is so great that he can't afford to not levy some sort of 
tangible penalty on Michigan in season. Like if he if he backs down or if it's just a fine, uh, his job will be gone in a matter of months. Let me let me turn it back on you. We've now heard Ryan Walters, Brett Bielema, um, Minnesota's AD all come out and talk openly in public about this matter. Have you heard any punitive repercussions from their university presidents on this? No, I asked talking about this. No, and last week on our White Law PLOC tailgate show, I asked Teresa Woodruff about any discussions the Big Ten had had with her or the president slash chancellors in general, and she sidestepped it. So, no, you're right. But if if your football coach isn't going out and talking about a matter like this, it's going to be in the president's hands if the presidents aren't okay with it. Right. And if the presidents aren't all working in lockstep. I, I, I think that they are very perturbed at the minimum. Um uh, perhaps chagrined even. <laughs> I don't know how I, I, I don't know you know and, and I'm guessing that they want a resolution of this before a Big Ten championship game and particularly when you've got a team that's not just playing and, and who knows I mean you know everybody outside of those governing, you know, outside of the university bodies, fan bases are talking about, we should boycott these games. We shouldn't play these teams. We shouldn't play them. Forfeit, you know, make them forfeit and not play the last couple games. I mean, that's the fans aspect of it, right? Yeah. But when you've got university presidents who aren't saying, reining in their uh, subordinates in athletic directors and coaches, it, it tells you that those those individuals are speaking for their presidents because they've got the platform. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's put a pin in that. We'll wrap with Michigan State football, like on the field stuff, because uh, you guys have a nice piece today on the 25-year anniversary of the upset there in Columbus back in 1998 of number one undefeated Ohio State. And lots of people yep, think that was... We all, Go ahead. We all know who was on the sideline for that game, right? For Michigan State? What do you mean? Well, uh, you know, we all know Nick Saban was the head coach, but maybe we don't all know that one of the guys that was on the sidelines as the radio play by or radio uh, sideline reporter was Harlan Barnett. Oh, is that right? He was the sideline reporter yeah. then. Cool. He was. He had two years as a sideline reporter. So, so interesting that he was there on that sideline. He was there in 2011 in the Waterboy game. Uh, with Denigos Allen's sack mm-hmm. when they won ten to seven, he was on the field in thirteen in Indy, and then fifteen when they pulled off that upset uh, in the horseshoe with with Tyler O'Connor and Damian Terry, and yeah. he beat him in the nineteen eighty seven game as a player. So he's seen this from a lot of different aspects. That's a good point, and you know that that ties into what I was going to say. I know they're a thirty one and a half point underdog, and deservedly so. But you know what's weird about it, Chris, is even with that, I guess it's down to 31 at some books, but still, even with that enormous point spread in Ohio State undefeated uh, and Michigan State, you know, in complete disarray, the coach got fired, it's an interim staff, we've already lost some players, there's a lot of injuries and all that. I still feel like this is State's best chance to win in the horseshoe since the last time they did it in 2015 for some reason. Yeah, even that 17 team, I mean, they were going in, 
still with, in November with Big Ten championship uh, potential and got the doors blown off. I think that one was 49 to three. And, you know, and that, and I think a lot of people anticipated that being uh, a, a fairly easy Ohio State win, but maybe not to that extent. I mean, I can remember at the end of the game watching Messiah DeWeaver in his very limited experience at Michigan State getting planted in the, o, the OSU turf. Um, so, um, yeah, this, this, you think that it might be, but I mean, there, and I do think that there have been games, even in the 16 season, that was in East Lansing, but, you know, that 16 team was in complete chaos and disarray yep. and took them down to the wire with a two point conversion. I think it was 17 to 16 right. in that game. Yep. And, you know, they, and that's, there's a Mark D'Antonio effect. People talk about the Michigan effect, but there's also the Ohio effect and the Ohio State effect that he has in terms of summoning up a little resolve because he's a guy that was on that staff. He's from Ohio. He's, he loaded that program with Ohio guys, and only seven of them are left. I mean, that's that speaks to difference, the massive difference between what Mel Tucker was doing in recruiting and what Mark D'Antonio was doing and winning with in recruiting. So... Um, and, and it never, it always struck me of why Mel Tucker went away from those Ohio kids who have proven to, to be the, a resource for Michigan State in, in really, you know, tilting that one and tilting the Michigan rivalry too. So, but yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot. I mean, it's going to take a lot of breaks. It's going to take a lot of uh, short memory, I, I think, if things go wrong on one play and you give up some explosive plays, which this team has been known to do, particularly against power five competition and particularly the last few years against Ohio state. I mean, can they pull off a, a 98 style upset? I mean, I, I don't see the NFL caliber talent right. that, on the yeah. defense that, that that team had. Um, I, I don't see a Flozell Adams out there on the offensive line. So, and remember that, that team, the next year was a couple plays away from being undefeated. Uh, I think it went, the, you know, the 10 and two year yep. um, in Nick's final year. So um, I don't know. Um, stranger things have happened, but I, I tend to think that this is one of those games where we've seen what both of these teams are and the high water mark for Michigan state. I don't think comes close to Ohio state's low water mark. Uh, is Sam Levitt going to burn the red shirt? TBD? I don't know. I mean, it's that's up to the coaching staff because if if they're going to use him in two series, why would you play if you're a kid right. like that? And if you're going to get one series backed up to your forward yard line and then start your second series being run out uh, exposed on a pass pattern as a receiver, nice play call, but, man, putting someone cold in the game to try and do that who's a quarterback sure is uh, suspect. Um, if I'm, if I'm, if that's my kid and I saw the hit he took, he wouldn't be playing again. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, last thing, Chris, uh, we got to talk about the coaching search. Uh, is there anything worth reporting? I know state's doing a pretty good job of keeping this locked down. There was a leaked list of four names, although that was never supposed to be like a complete list. And now there's rumors swirling that Lance Leipold interviewed yesterday or maybe the day before. Is that even possible? him to have interviewed this week yeah you know i mean i guess you could interview a coach at this point but 
I, you know, like, I don't see someone doing that at this point to their own program uh, that they're currently with. But what happens if that falls through now? Now you got some mutiny on your hands, right? Right. Um, I, 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 you know, but hey, I mean, this has been a, uh, a a quiet coaching search. I think, in large part, because of all the noise down in Ann Arbor. I mean, it's true. Maybe, maybe our, uh, Alan Haller and and his folks can give some credit to Michigan for diverting the attention away from this in in some respects because. This all broke right, at, you know, mid October, right when uh, you're going to start making those initial contacts for a coaching search. So, but yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't heard anything uh, dramatic quite yet. So, he's Chris Solari. And- with it, because I do think I think the next couple of weeks we will. Okay, well, it'd be nice. Uh, but you're right. They do have nice cover right now with the noise elsewhere. And he's Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. Thanks, man. We'll see you. All right, later. And we're back after these words. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. He scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Got a hot take? Boom! Hot take! Offensive-minded phone lines are open. 517-300-4263. Okay, we're back. Uh, Still no word from the Big Ten, so... I think we're probably good for today. Although it's still only 4.30 local time in Chicago or Rosemont, Illinois, where the Big Ten's headquarters are. But more and more people are saying probably next week. So I think we're just on on pause until then. But we did have a couple of messages about it in the free game 7.30 a.m. app. Let me go there now for... The mayor of Holt, John Freeberg, he says, it looks like Michigan might not get penalized. That is total BS. No, total BS is when Steve Goff comes in here, unoffensive-minded, and we do total BS. Beanie and Steve. Get it? Um, I wouldn't be so sure, by the way, Freeberg, Mr. Freeberg, about that just yet. It may be too soon to call that, but look, I get it. That's my read. The longer it goes on, the more it looks unlikely. 517-300-4263. Caller, you on the air. Who is it? Hands of Stone. Say that again? Hands of Stone. (laughs) Okay, where are you calling from? Lansing. All right, man, what you got? You're on the air. Yeah, we just uh, used to listen to you a lot back in the day, man. And all you used to talk about is uh, the Packers, your team, how bad the Detroit Lions suck. And you don't talk about that stuff anymore. All you worry about is Michigan football. I think there's something wrong, man. Yeah, with Michigan. It's the number one story in sports. Well, hold on. Hold on. What should I talk about? Go ahead. 
I want to hear from talk you. About, talk about your Packers. Talk about the hometown Detroit Lions doing so good. Okay, I mean, well, the Lions were on a bye. Your whole, talk about your Michigan State Spartans. We have. Spending Trust $100 me. million dollars and trying to find coaches. Oh, you mean that guy they fired a month ago, you mouth-breathing moron? Yeah. Who's what? your president? Worry about that stuff out there, your college beanie. Who's he, hey, I got Michigan. a question. Green Who's Green your doctor? Because you need... A brain transplant. That's right. Hang up, you coward. You freaking idiot. Good Lord. You pe- I'm supposed to talk about the Packers instead of the number one story in sports? Also, have you noticed when the extra chromosomed idiots call into this show? It's always under a pseudonym. Freaking idiot. Hey, don't talk about the number one story in sports. Talk about the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yeah, that's what people want to hear about. Hey, listen, again, for the morons like you in the back, if you don't want to hear a sports radio show, by the way, based out of East Lansing, Michigan, that brands itself as the Michigan State Sports Station, (laughs) whose literal, literal brand colors are green and white, if you don't want to hear Michigan State centric talk, there are plenty of alternatives, guys. There really are. I know you love me. I know you can't quit me. And I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Even from the devolved types like the last caller. Again, I'll say it again. I I don't care who listens and for what reasons. I just care that you listen. But if you are so distraught that I'm not talking about bigger stories like the two and five Green Bay Packers (laughs) or the Lions in a bye week. Yeah, if, if you're so concerned that I'm not talking about that stuff, by all means, listen to something else. Ah, uh, but see, you love listening. You can't help yourself. You're a glutton for punishment. That's why you keep listening to me, and that's why you keep calling up and getting dunked on. I do feel bad in part. Because when morons like that guy call in and I dunk on them, it's not fair. For one, I have the correct amount of chromosomes. He has an extra one. For two, I'm not on government assistance. Not fair to him for me to post him up like that. And thirdly, and and most importantly, me dunking on the cavemen like that, I would feel better about myself pushing a little kid in a wheelchair down a set of stairs. It just isn't fair. But you guys can't help yourself. You keep lining up. To get punched in the teeth, I'll keep doling them out because I know the listeners like it. You guys just cannot help yourself. Don't talk about the number one story in sports, but I'll keep listening anyway. Okay, bye. (laughs) I appreciate it. You're still listening, so that's all that really matters. Joe and Lansing, what's up, man? Hey, meaning, yeah, the thing about it is, is if you don't want to hear about it, if you don't want to see it, then then it's hard to get away from, okay? Yeah, well, look, it's it's the number one story in sports. My job, seriously, I'm, I'm not doing a bit anymore. My job is to figure out what the audience wants. Well, this is a Michigan State audience. Despite the, the unusually high quotient of mentally let's just say inferior Michigan fans who have been calling in lately. 
I have seen the ratings and I have read the Nielsen diary information. It's more than 90% green and white listeners. Also, even if it weren't, I would still be talking about this because it is the number one story in sports. Yeah, and, and it'll continue to be the number one story in sports until they get it all straightened out or Harbaugh gets suspended or whatever they whatever they possibly do. Or um, So, you know, I mean, it, it's it, 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 that one right there over Trump, the Tucker story. So the Tucker story, you had to talk about that, of course, and then this comes along. Well, that's, that's the thing, Joe. We did. We we talked the Tucker yeah. thing to death. And look, there hasn't been an update in the Tucker thing since the most recent update with Tucker was that the, the hearing concluded he did violate the university policy. And guess what? We spent a show talking about that, too. I guess I, I need callers like the last one to call me up and explain what story I missed there and what other incredible topics I need to glean from that development from three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I pretty much think you've done your research on that. And you know, it's, uh, you know what the props are on that Michigan story. And, and they deserve to be, you know, um, if it, you know, it's not an innocent until proven guilty. I, I mean, obviously, the, everything's out there. You know, they know about it. Um, so it's it's just a matter of time, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, it's, it's, uh, it's, and the thing, like, look, this is happening because they don't like it, you know. And the reason Michigan fans don't like it is they're used to media catering to them and telling them what they want to hear. Well, they don't get that here. They don't get that from four to six every day. It upsets them. They're not used to it. The way a baby rejects its, uh, you know, uh, vegetables, <laughs> these Michigan fans are rejecting an, a high dose of fact and truth. Really, it's anything other than the complete propaganda they want to hear. They don't like it. Their bodies are rejecting it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, and, and I, I, you know, they suspend our ball, goodbye. And then that means that, you know, that may, maybe we'll get some transfers from Michigan or something. Some Somebody will come through the portal for Michigan State. But, um, you know, I wanted to talk about really quick uh, the, the college football playoffs expand next year. Okay. Yeah. So where do you see, how far do you think that thing will go? Do you think they'll just keep it at, is it the contract for eight teams for so many years or is it? Oh, it's 12. 12. It goes to 12. It goes to 12. Okay. So. Like ten years from now, do you see it more teams in it? Um, you know, disembowling the bowl. Yeah, I think we're for sure going to expand. Right, like it's going to keep going. I know the the current contract for twelve uh, doesn't it go through the twenty five season? So they could exp- expand it as soon as two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that, that'd be really interesting there because truthfully. Uh, the 14 thing and everybody thought, Oh, it's a great idea. But you know, the way it's going down now with, you know, the, the usual suspects in the championship games, the, you know, uh, just, you know, I want it to be more like the NCAA basketball tournament. Where, yeah. You know, yeah. Just that hey, one game they be, you know. hey, Joe, before I let you go, one last thing, I just got to ask you, do you think I need to talk more about the Packers? You listen every day. No. So am, am I not talking the enough Packers. about the green Bay Packers? No, the Packers are terrible. I mean, they're not. No, that not good. to mention, no one around here cares, even if they are good, except for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, the quarterback, uh, 
he started out good, but then he just kind of regressed a little bit. So, well, uh, what happened is he started playing teams with pulses instead of the Chicago Bears, and he does not look very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Bass Boat Randy, what's up, man? Oh, boy. <laughs> that guy called in about the Packers. I thought that was one of your fellow radio people calling in trying to be funny. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know where he was going, to be honest with you. Um, do you, Randy, you listen and you call regularly. Do I need to talk more about the Packers? Are you disappointed I haven't covered them enough? <laughs> Hell no. Are you kidding me? You were talking about them before. Why give yourself an answer, you know? But I was just thinking, you know, all this stuff, all this negative stuff about Michigan, it's got to be giving the players incentive to kick some ass. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. It's an oh easy sell I mean, to, like, motivate them, isn't it? It's great motivation. Do you, you think J.J. and the rest of those guys, Corm, those guys, well, guess what? Coach ain't here. Guess yeah. what? We don't care. <laughs> My God. I mean, yeah. if anything can motivate them to beat George Ohio State, it'd have to be what's going on right now. Yeah, and Harbaugh said that after the last game. He said that this the, the noise is a gift and it's it's going to help them get to where they want to go. It's the biggest gift he could ask for. And I think that's actually true because Michigan's problem is, if they have one so far, which I don't think they really have on the field, <laughs> has been it's hard to get excited every week because you're beating everyone by five touchdowns. Well, now they've got a little motivation, huh? Yeah, just a tad, yeah. I just Honestly, I thought that was one of your frequent callers calling in about that. I just like, why would you bring up the Packers? I don't, I mean, something happened I didn't know about. I thought maybe a big, big trade or something. That's what I anyway, thought. I was like, did we all of a sudden get good? That would be awesome. I would yeah, love to know, talk it, about it reminded, that. It reminded me of you and Doc J and your St. Patrick's Day show. Ah, you mean there was a little <laughs> oh, <yeah>. substance involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think so. I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I, I think he just may be playing with, uh, let's just say, less than a full deck of cards. <laughs> Hey, Beanie, just keep doing what you're doing. All right? You have a great night, okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You too. Uh, before I get out for the last break, we got uh, here's another message in the free game, 730 AM app. Uh, this is Josh in Okemos. Beanie, that was mean of you to ask that last caller who his doctor was because he needed a brain transplant. It's clear the guy couldn't afford any medical attention. That's from Josh and Okemos in the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily true. I know there are a lot of really good options on Medicaid. Here's another one. Spartagator from Westphalia says, I really hope Petiti has the stones to stick with what's best for the conference as a whole. I hope he doesn't get spooked by Michigan's obvious attempts to muddy the water, make a decision, and have some conviction, man. Yeah, um, well, I think he's under a ton of pressure for, from that exact argument, Spartagator. Not from you, unfortunately. I don't think he cares what you have to say, unfortunately. But the 13 other Big Ten presidents and coaches and ADs all feel that way. So I think he's feeling that heat. I have to believe the guy wants to keep his job. It pays very well, and he's only had it for a handful of months. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. To be honest with you, I don't. In years past, I might call it one way or the other right now, but there, look, there's so much crazy stuff happening all that, especially in college sports. It's unpredictable anymore. I don't know. I'll tell you my instinct is the longer it, it lingers here – 
the more I suspect Petiti and the Big Ten are losing what nerve they had. But then again, you know, I don't know. Common sense dictates that if he's starting to lose nerve, I think he would have to find it from the pressure from those 13 of the 14 we just talked about. I don't know. I'm confident making this projection. This is not based on any inside info either. Just want everyone to know, just my guess, that this goes into next week. There won't be any punishment doled out tomorrow. Honest to God, seriously, I hope there's not because that's incredibly unfair in my book. You can't suspend a football coach on a Friday. Now, you can if he did something Thursday night or, or Friday, right? The coach is popped for a DUI the night before. Yes, of course. But what I mean is this thing has been going on for a month. The Big Ten can't on a Friday before one of the biggest games of the year tell the guy he's sitting down. It should have been taken care of way earlier in the week. At this point, just do it after this coming game. It just wouldn't be fair. I wouldn't want that for Michigan State. I wouldn't want that for any other team. I think Michigan deserves that basic courtesy. Just wouldn't be right. Also, I think it would be a really low-brow move. Yeah, I, it, it'd be a Bush League thing, a low blow for Michigan to do that, to hand that out tomorrow when all of the courts are closed in observance of Veterans Day. I'm sure like Michigan could still somehow get their emergency TRO hearing held, even on a federal holiday. But still, just the optics of it would seem like the Big Ten is is just going really low. I, w- I don't like that. Now, I'm all for pettiness. <laughs> I love it for content purposes. But for once, I'm going to exercise some integrity here, and I wouldn't do that. I would not support that. I hope they don't do that for everyone's sake. All right, let's get out. Come back and wrap it up. It's Offensive Minded. I'm Beanie. This is The Game, 730 AM. Back with more hard-hitting talk about the stories you care about, like the Green Bay Packers and Mel Tucker, although no development has happened on that month, uh, on that story in a month. More of those hard-hitting stories you, this audience, demand instead of the number one story in sports after these words. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on the Lansing Sports Network, the Big Talker 1240 WJIM, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, a tradition in Lansing for over 20 years. With your hosts, the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, powered by White Law PLLC, Doubting Industries, Shoe and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and Chandler's Top Shelf. This is the White Law PLLC. LLC Tailgate Show. Sports talk and the best, best, best. Play-by-play in Lansing. It's what we do. It's what we do. Lansing, Lansing sports, sports leader. The game, 7.30 a.m. All right, we're back. Wrapping it up here with you today. About, what is it, about five to six here on Thursday. Back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6. Dr. J will be here. What will we talk about? Well, geez, I got to run it by all the Michigan fans. I don't know. I haven't showed them my preliminary show sheet for tomorrow. I have to get approval from all of them to see if I'm allowed to talk about their scandal. Uh, So tentatively, it looks like tomorrow we'll be talking about the Green Bay Packers and their 3-5 and season. We'll also be rehashing Mel Tucker. And the latest news there, which is that checks notes, he lost his hearing 
And it was determined he violated the school's sexual assault policy. Yes, uh, that happened three weeks ago, but we will be talking about it tomorrow because that's what you, the listening audience, demands. Uh, By the way, we have a couple minutes left if anyone wants to ring us up on anything we talked about today. 517-300-4263. Yes, the phone line is available to all of the unemployed Michigan fans who now know better than me what the audience wants to hear about and now have a better gauge of what is and isn't a captivating, engaging topic and story. That was mean of me. I shouldn't have said that. All the unemployed Michigan fans. It's redundant. Oh, that was meaner. I shouldn't have said that. That was very unfair of me to say about unemployed people. To cast them in the same lot as these Michigan fans. Anyway, uh, Dr. J will be with us tomorrow. I wanted to be able to get to the Beanstalk today, the college football playoff rankings. Excuse me. My college football power rankings. But ran out of time. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow if time permits, if Dr. J permits. Well, really, if the Michigan fans who (laughs) uh, exercise creative and editorial control over this program allow it. If I'm allowed to do that, I have to run that by them. Make sure that's, you know, relevant content for you guys. (laughs) We'll make sure of that. (sighs) Coming up tomorrow on the show... Approved topics from Michigan fans. We'll be talking about Jim Harbaugh, great coach or greatest coach of all time. Also, the Fab Five. Wrongly accused. Unfairly vilified. Also coming up tomorrow, Dr. Robert Anderson. Excellent family physician. No one wants to talk about that. These are the approved topics from the Michigan fans listening. Who, by the way... Call up every day to complain about me and the content of this show. And yet, listen every single day. And these Michigan fans, they got a beanie addiction. And I am here for it. We'll see what's on the docket for real tomorrow. I doubt there will be any movement from, from U of M. Excuse me, from the Big Ten. We'll see. Uh, But we will have the Beanstalk. We will have the picks. We will have a bean counter for Michigan State at Ohio State. That could get interesting with a 31.5-point point spread. Yikes. Stay tuned for that tomorrow, 4 to 6. Until then, be safe and be good.